Welcome one and all. How are ya? I'm rockin'. Welcome to Dare to Be Better. With Ray and Sid. I'm Ray Powers. And I'm Sydney Hall. And we are here to obviously make your life better. Or at least... Uh, well... Give you a little bit of a... We'll give you food for thought. Food for thought. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide <laughs> your life better or more miserable. It's a little perspective. Maybe you watch us and you go, wow, I feel better about myself now because I'm not those two. <laughs> Although I think we have it pretty good. Yeah, we do. But so does the fish in the bowl who's just swimming around and, you know, in a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. He's, he yeah. gets his food. He gets his flakes. Yeah. You only know what you know. It's relative, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've decided to stay in Las Vegas for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. We haven't worn out a welcome yet or they haven't caught us. Yeah. I think it's the latter. Yeah. How you I doing? would agree. You liking uh, the visit? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm all about the food. Oh I, that's what's on my mind right <laughs> One Caesar said tacos, man. That was it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I know. When in Rome, right? Mm-hmm. And I get very excited about the breaks. So then I start to kind of wander. Yeah. After 22 minutes, Sydney's... thoughts start to wander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I can hear the stomach rumbling. Can you? No, really. No, I can't. Oh. <laughs> I edited all that out. Okay. I can't tell. Okay. You look cute today, Ray. I do. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. I've been working really tough, really hard. You have been? Yeah, you always look good. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I've been absolutely... Ever since we spoke back in... my, It's got to be November. Um, You said something, and our buddy said something. And I don't know what it was, but it just motivated me to do something a little bit different. And I saw results in the last mm-hmm. couple of months. Really? Yeah, feel better. A little stronger, yeah. Really? It was a conversation we had, obviously, off air, but... Yeah, I yeah. know which one. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. So, it's been working out well. Really? Everybody at home is saying, you're such a jerk. Cause why? Because you know, I'm not sharing the info, that's why. No, it was it was just a friend of ours who uh, made a comment, and it was and it was a, it was a, a compliment. Yeah. But the way it was delivered, I didn't take it as such a compliment, and... Um, I wanted. Uh, you wanted I, to do more for He yourself. said I looked a little slender. And I oh. took it as I was a little scrawny. Why are people not saying that to me? Do you know what people are saying to me? What is people saying to you? I want to hear the word, Sid, you're looking a little slender. Instead, they're saying, yeah, you carry your curves well, or you're a thick girl. <laughs> no woman wants to hear you're a thick girl. They do now, That's these not, days. That is not a compliment. It I want to hear that. You're slender. Hey, Sid, you're looking a little slender. See, but we talked about this at breakfast. <sighs> And oh. you're getting my compliments, and I'm getting They're mixing us up. Obviously, you know, you can mistake one from the other. I look like uh, an Asian girl, and you obviously look like a big, bald, uh, Italian man. Apparently. Well, man might be a stretch. Yeah, but, you know. okay. But uh, you look fantastic. You well, don't look thick. You well, look... why are people saying that word to me? Be- here's why. Because it's become a cultural thing with the kids. I sound like such a grandpa. Huh. T-H-I-C-C. That kind of thing. Oh, earlier when you spelled that for me, you're uh, telling me the truth? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, just, I'm just feeding you lines of BS. Well, you could. I, I'm like, don't. <laughs> 
I certainly could, yeah. Because <laughs> I believe everything you tell me, sadly enough. Well, that's why I try to keep it, you know, pure and kosher, because I don't want to lead you on. Well, I know, because I believe everything. I didn't know T-H-I-C-C. And you don't, you don't detect a lot of my sarcasm. You do take that at face value, so I try to keep it on the table. Okay, well, anyway. Yeah, T-H-I-C-C is a compliment. It means, it doesn't mean thick like, you know, thick as a brick. It just means you're curvaceous and the narrow waist, you know, the big bosom and the... And the, and the... <laughs> Show is over. Good night. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sweating. I made Sid sweat. <sighs> okay, well, anyway. It's caliente in here, baby. Anyway... Anyway, Sid's gonna bring us back. Look at this. Sid's the new producer. You know, maybe that's just what they need to say. T H I C C instead of thick. Someone's gonna come out with a dance with uh, T H I C C. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's out there. Some DJs pumping it right now. Unbelievable. You carry your curves well, Sydney. I wanna hear. Mm. How does that make you feel? Miserable? Because that's the theme of the day. Oh, it is. Ray, you're such a producer. You like that? <laughs> so well done. That was excellent. Thank you. Been working on that too. Tell me what that, because it's an email, but could you remind me? The email was from back east. Uh-huh. Didn't come from my mailbox, but uh, I think it was Connecticut and there was no name on it. It was like, you know, it was like Porter 566. It could have been anything, but it was, why are people miserable? Well, one of them is being called thick. Okay, now we can move on from that. You're not thick. You Thank are you. fantastic. Thank you. Sid was a, a professional dancer, a choreographer, a gymnast, a soccer player, and you're going to have those muscles the rest of your life. Okay, thank you. So. But nothing's wrong with this, but I was not, I don't dance on a pole. <laughs> not that kind of dancing, no. Okay. No, we yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a half a pole, but it's a different kind of pole. <laughs> What, how do I do I want to go down this rabbit hole? I don't know. I'm getting really dizzy. I think I don't have enough oxygen. <laughs> I don't Clearly. know, but you don't need to tell me. There's it's, a lot of things I don't need to know. Polish people are referred to as poles. Oh, that's lucky. I think you the Oh, you want to, you want to take this X-rated, huh? That's where you want to go with this show. Oh my god! You want to get the uh, you want to get the warning label on this one. Uh, clearly. Right. Well, I don't know. Explicit they can content. Well, they can think of whatever poll they want to think about. They don't know what poll I'm thinking about, clearly. Now they do. <laughs> Thank you. Dragging this into the gutter again. Now I'm miserable. Okay. Okay. Could you just keep going and lead us into this topic? Well, it was a very deep and existential and very broad question of why are people miserable now I don't think people in general go through life completely miserable I certainly don't but I think you're rare well possibly but don't you think people every day all right maybe let's 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 tackle this do you think average Joe is happy no no is he happy any part of the day again we talked about the difference between joy and happiness Mm mm-hmm Okay, there's a difference. And then there's a difference between existing some 
most people are just existing. Right. And are, they, I am, are they happy existing? I'm going to give my two cents. <laughs> Weird. No. Majority of people are not happy individuals. Majority of people are not uh, inspired. They're not passionate about their life. Majority of people, I think, are... They may not be completely miserable, but they are not... I would not call them happy. Okay, so they're somewhere in between ecstatic and miserable. I mean, some people do go through their life miserable, and I think a lot of it is, you know, self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. A lot of it maybe isn't their fault. You know, people have unfortunate instances happen in their life that, you know, scar them for life and for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Some don't get the help they need, you know? I mean, it could be anything from you just... uh you have a lousy job. We talked about that last week, and you don't want to rise above that. Maybe you're morbidly obese. Maybe you're having a really, really, you know, tough time getting past a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. I think that miserable stems from the things that people choose to think about, believe in, and ponder on. And if your thought process is based around what you're not getting, what you can't have, what's not working, and the things that have frustrated you. All of those things, none of those add up to happiness. So you're saying holding on to those things mm. keeps you miserable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for sure. I mean... Because every dot has to connect, right? right? So again, you give what you own, mm-hmm. and if... Your dots are not connecting. You you can't have one dot over here that's just complete filled with joy. And this dot, we're trying to get to this dot, but all of my thoughts are about what I can't have and who's been aggravating to me and who's unfair and who's abused me, all those things. And I do think, I was actually thinking about this earlier today as I was in the elevator again, because I love to listen to people and... You, you watch how pe- people walk, the way they stand, the conversations they have, um, all of these things. Y- you can tell a lot about a person. You don't need to know them by watching those things. And I am going to tell you here in Las Vegas, and I, it's not just here in La- Las Vegas, but people in general, I just think as a whole, are not very happy, grounded, balanced people and I think it's due to uh, lack of finding things that inspire them, lack of living something that is passionate for them, and I think it's lack of the ability or choice to control the thoughts they have. I think a lot of people are complacent for sure and you know maybe they have spells of misery for sure and maybe it outweighs the happiness and you know so it's not a happy medium it's not a perfect average of half the times i'm happy and half the times i'm miserable um complacency is a weird kind of thing you know because you could be happy and complacent and you could certainly be complacent in a way where it keeps you on the side of misery if that makes sense happy and complacent okay i'm just i'm not questioning you i'm pondering this right. because if you think of the words happy mm-hmm. is inspired right 
complacent is not inspired. Right. So what my point is, is that everything that we have, everything that we are, when you feel someone walk through the door and you don't even know them, you don't know them from your, you know, whoever in the world, you typically can tell if someone is happy. You can feel it on them. So what I'm saying is that if you're going to be a happy person, if happiness is what you want, the choice of all of these dots, all of these things out here have to equal this destination. So if I want to be happy, then the choice to find things that inspire me, the choice to find things that I have gratitude for, and the choice to find the things I have passion for and live in that realm leads me to happiness. But I can't choose happiness and then choose, well, now I'm going to think about everything that makes me angry, upset, what I don't have. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not going to lead me to happiness. That's going to lead me to depression. Now, do you think it's relative as far as it could, I could look at somebody's life and go, wow, that must be a miserable life. But maybe they really are not even complacent, but they're happy with what they're doing. Maybe they're making less money than a lot of people you can have wealthy people that are miserable. Oh, absolutely. And people who don't make much money who are very, very happy. And have a good life. Yeah, because yeah. the money's not right. really... Uh, that was just an example. Yeah. Of yeah. So say it again to me then. Um, is it relative? Like, I can look at you and go, God, Sid, you must be miserable because... <laughs> you have you to know. be on air, you two. Exactly. Together. You got to look across the table and look at this <laughs> all the time. No, but I can look at like Joe and like, you know wherever usa and uh well you pump gas for a living and mm, you, um, i see what you're saying you know isn't you know and i have no right to say you must be miserable he okay. could be that could be one of the three jobs he works he could be making right. extra money for his right. kids to go to college or something like that you know and maybe he's helping a friend out you know we don't know their story right but if you're saying inwardly yeah. you know a, it, you're looking in the mirror. Are you being honest with yourself? Are you miserable? Okay, so there is a gentleman uh, there in Salt Lake, and he has been working... Should we name him Billy? Joel. Joel. Okay, I like Joel. Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. I like... Oh, nice. <laughs> Do you see how quick I am now that I've met you? Look at this. I know. Okay, I'm so not the anyway. only one getting all uh, buff. You're you're mentally there. Look at you. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> mentally buff. Mentally buff. Okay, so Billy Joel. I have Joel. a long way to go back to buff, but that's okay. We'll call Joel. So Joel, he works at um, an ice cream shop, and this is no joke. He has been working at this ice cream shop since high school, and he is now my age. You walk in. And this guy in the same location, I might add, wow. since high school. So he's been there five years. Five years. <laughs> okay, so... See, see, she's not the only quick one. <laughs> so, uh, and this was, I don't know, maybe three months ago. I walk into this establishment, and he is the one helping me. And after I was done having the ice cream and eating, I said to him, I have to tell you. You're one of the greatest people I've met in the service industry because clearly you know your ice cream. You love serving it. You love meeting the people. You know, I went on and on and on. Yeah. Well, after we were done, my sister and I are out in the um, 
in the parking lot and she's the one that says to me do you know this is this guy went to he actually went to school with me and he has been serving in the same location serving the same ice cream since high school and he said while I was in there saying that I just think he's amazing he goes I love what I do right. and it's a perfect example it's not about the money it's not about him going to a better ice cream shop it's all about he just simply loves what he does and I can tell he's happy he's joyfully happy so maybe he's managing at this point you know maybe he's climbed the ladder a little bit as far as you could possibly go I, I managed a Carvel when I was a kid and a what? I, a Carvel it's a uh an ice cream chain back oh, east. Oh, okay. I, for, by now, I thought it might be national. Maybe not. But mm-hmm. um, this is back in the 80s. Okay. Uh, Tom Carvel. Okay. He had patented the uh, the soft serve with the star shape or whatever. It had oh. that certain mm-hmm. contour to it. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was actually New York based. Mm. And then they went semi-national, I guess. But... It was, you know, an ice cream shop that had hard ice cream, soft serve, and uh, they made ice cream cakes. Mm -hmm. And it was my favorite job for a long, long time. You know, it was a relatively clean job. Um, It was very busy in the summertime. Girls would come in their bathing suits. There was really no downside to a young man. I was just going to say, and that seems pretty like a great place to be for you. The phone numbers that I collected on that job. Let me tell you, I did okay. Oh, I'm sure, Ray couple of ice cream cones out the window this is on you this i mean this is on me sweetie yeah yeah Yeah. i'm sure you did well ray it it didn't suck no no it was good but you know i don't know if i'd want to be working there doing the same job i did when i was 17 now i'll tell you something back in 2006 i had the opportunity to buy that business it wasn't a carville anymore really it was um and you didn't do it no, or because did you? no, because oh. I was on the road that year, 330 days a year. Mm. Uh, well, on the road in studio work, and I was unavailable that okay. much. I didn't want to be an absentee owner. Right, right. That's a job I'd want to be at Hands every on. day. Yeah, mm. and not micromanaging the kids, but at least be present. Right, right. You know, it's really hard to run a business like that when you're just detached. Yeah. And I, I had the money because mm. I was I was never home. Right. I had no life, but I did have the money to put up the capital. I could have paid cash for it. Right. But I wouldn't be able to give it the attention that mm-hmm. it needed. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be miserable because my employees would be mm. miserable. Yeah. But I also think, okay, you and I were having this discussion the other day. You're talking about ice cream now. I want ice cream and tacos. I know. My stomach is roaring. All right. What? Growing. It's roaring and growling. It doesn't matter what it's doing. You're okay. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through this in 30, What I'm saying to you is that you and I were having a discussion about um, a person who does a certain thing, okay? And I personally don't think he's very good at the second thing that he has a love for. He does another thing that he's exceptional at. Exceptional. Right. And... The second thing that he does that I don't feel he's very good at, you had said, well, it seems to be his passion. Right. Right? And I made mention, I I do feel this way. If you're going to ask money for your passion, mm-hmm. then I do feel like you owe it not just to yourself, but those who you are wanting money from, that you go learn 
become a master at your passion. You know, really know what you're doing. Don't just have a passion and go out and think that people should spend money on your passion when you're not very good at it. But your point that you are making to me is that this guy is doing this passion. It's what makes him happy, right? right? And I think that's a lot of what brings in the misery for many people is that they're not doing something. Find something that you have a passion for, right? right? Like people on Etsy, you see this all the time. Homemade products. And maybe they're a little, you know, imperfect or whatever. And who cares, right? Homemade, right? Yeah, and they're living their passion. Because their passion, maybe for other people, their passion is um, making millions. Right. But for majority of people, sure, we all would like millions. Mm -hmm. But most of us aren't doing something to just because we're doing it to make millions. Right. You know? So I just think that's an important thing about, quote, unquote, being miserable is, again, all your dots have to add up. So you have to look at your life and see what dots, what things are you holding in the palm of your hands? Are all of these dots negative? All the things you don't want, what you can't have, blah, 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 blah. Well, then that's not connecting to happiness and joy. So maybe you need to clean your hands and fill your hands up with different dots, which are the things that bring you passion. You're going to be a happier person. Right. Now, how does somebody, in your opinion get out of that pattern of misery point of view when remember when we had that discussion we had a podcast on that Mm -hmm. and i'm a firm believer that lack of gratitude you're going to be miserable all the time if you lack gratitude second of all point of view if you choose to have a point of view so i do want to clarify so whatever point of view you have if it's uplifting you you're going down the right road if The point of view you have makes you miserable and frustrated. Stop moving. Don't make any more decisions until you feel inspired. Once you feel inspired, move again. So going back to the first point of gratitude, if you only have a certain amount of food or possessions or, you know, income, you have to first be grateful that you have that because there are people out there that have less than you. Yes. You have to recognize that it's really hard when you don't have enough. Right. And you feel, and you know you don't have enough. But, you know, hey, there are people in Calcutta that are literally starving to death. Right. We're not, for the most part. We can right. go and get food if we need it. Mm-hmm. It might be swallowing our pride a little bit to have to go, you know. To the shelter or right, to the exactly. food bank. But there are means, for the most part, here in America, we're very lucky. Yes, very yeah. fortunate. Even the poorest people in America aren't as yeah. poor. As, for example, my birth mom, sure, who was in a cardboard box on the side of the road in the middle of the Philippines, you know. So there's different. Of, of course, everything's relevant. Sure. But, yeah. Um, do you have any idea? You you probably don't. Did you ever get any sort of feeling from the cab driver or from your dad of your mom's overall? Um, outlook. Could you be happy at a cardboard box? Is that even remotely possible? Could I be happy? No, your mom. Was she at oh. any point happy in her life, do you think? Well, I, you know, that's interesting, Ray, that you bring that up because I was just thinking this morning that, um, you know, I really don't care who my birth father is. However, 
I think that my birth, my parents, my birth parents had to have this thing about them where they were probably optimistic, at least one of them. Mm -hmm. One of them had to be overly optimistic, and I'm going to guess it was my birth mom. Sure. Because I, by nature, am happy. I, um, by nature, I'm able to always find the good, almost to a fault, right, the good. I'm able to, um, within 16 seconds, because they do say if you take on a negative thought for longer than 16 seconds, that that's when you tumble down that, you know, it's very hard to overcome. So within 16 seconds, if you can alter your point of view or your thoughts, that you have a tendency to be a happier person. And I can do those things. I've practiced them, but I can do them easily. And I think that's a genetic thing. I feel like it's a genetic thing, you know? So you think because your parents gave you that DNA that they must have had, they must have been wired that way. Especially my mom being in that cardboard box. I, I feel this. I don't know this. But her being in this cardboard box in complete poverty on the side of the road, I feel like, um, and I don't know if she's still there. I don't know. But I feel I wondered like. I myself. I was, I was wondering if she was still around or how old she was when she had you. And She would be about the same age as my mom, as really? Linda Hall, okay. in her upper 70s. Really? So she could still be around. But um, I feel like uh, she had to be very resilient. <laughs> Obviously, right? yeah. And um, if you go look at a lot of, I have pictures up of where I came from, that cardboard box, and many of those children's children in those pictures, they're smiling, and they're licking that can. You did say that in the right? very first episode that we ever shot. Mm -hmm. I think the people in the Philippines as a whole are resilient, and they're happy, and they're people looking. I mean, these kids are swimming in their own waste, looking for their food, but they still have a smile on their face. And yet you have trust fund babies here in America, billionaires, hedge mm -hmm. fund people who are mm -hmm. miserable, who are blowing their brains out. Right. Because they obviously aren't happy. Uh, the money didn't make them happy because when you got there, you weren't happy. Right. So if a kid with a tuna can going, look, I found enough here to get a finger full, right. can be happy. I right. Mean, can, I mean, anybody can be happy. Yeah, and I was looking at these pictures before we came out here, and these children, because I do have them taped up in my bathroom because I, I must remember where I came from. Of course. But you look at their face, and they are joyfully happy. Mm -hmm. They're not putting on an act. You look at them, and you see it in their eye. They're happy. They're joyful. And um, I always want to remember that happiness and joyfulness and all these things they come from gratitude looking at the things you have and finding that grace i think of the kids in uh like central africa who wind up getting the t-shirts from the super bowl mm -hmm. they have to print up two sets the winning team and the losing right. team both teams say super bowl champions right the steelers and the cowboys you know one team has to win one team has to lose right and when one team wins now, one set of T-shirts is wrong because right. Team B did not win. Right. Instead of destroying those shirts like they used to do, okay. now they ship them off to third world countries because they're really? brand new shirts with tags on them. Oh, I didn't know that. Beautiful shirts. Yeah. $30 in the, in the uh, sneaker store. Wow. And why would you destroy those when there are kids across the globe who don't know what baseball or football is or care? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it says, you know, 
Cleveland yeah. Browns 2021 yeah. Super Bowl champions. Who cares? Yeah. You know, they're brand new shirts. The mm-hmm. kids get them and they're, they're clean shirts. I love this. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. So, That's beautiful. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Any kind of waste, as you know, drives me crazy. Yeah, me too. That doesn't make me miserable. It makes me want to kill. Oh. I'm kidding. I will name them. <laughs> no, it really does um, do my heart good to know that those are being you know, yeah, put to use. Absolutely. The same with food. Do not waste oh, food. Oh, that's a big thing for me, too. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. That's yeah, a whole different show. Different show. We're and about, we're almost done. We're just about wrapping up here. Yeah. But... Um, so basically, if a kid in the Philippines who has to swim in questionable waters mm. to pick up a little bit of food can be happy, certainly you joyfully and I, happy. Certainly you and I yeah. who live in a live a pretty good life. We live like kings and queens compared to mm-hmm. exactly. Um, we can avoid misery, I think. Yeah. So people don't have to be miserable. No, I think misery is a choice, just as happiness is a choice. I have to concur. Oh my gosh, we're ending we on a high note. We agreed on something. Note. Oh my god, it really is a new year. <laughs> well, you know, I forgot to mention last week, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of you are picking up on it. If you have an opinion, like Sydney does, email us rayandsidshow at mm-hmm. gmail dot com. If you have critiques, I'm supposed to eat those. If you have praise, Sydney gets the halo. <laughs> I'll be miserable, and she'll be happy. Oh, shooties, but he could choose to I be happy. To, I have to eat the misery, and then I have to turn it into rainbows. <laughs> Not a problem. Guys and girls, thank you so much. Keep the email coming. We love it. We yes, love it here you. in Vegas. Thank and you. Uh, before I go home, I want to remind you, dare to be better. With Ray and Sid. <sighs> hey, thanks for checking us out. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to this channel, and please tell your friends. We'd also love it if you headed over to daretobebettershow.com for tons of cool photos, extras, and a chance to shop for some sweet show swag. (laughs) Say that five times fast. I can barely say it once. If you keep coming, we'll keep delivering. Thanks again.